Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, it's officially a um, a weekend day for me. We've got, um, you know, not, no work tomorrow. I am uh, ready for a three-day weekend. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we've got a big game coming up. It's not in this country, though. It's weird. It's uh, it's early. It's you know, 6.30 a.m. local time here, and uh, I think it's 5.30 local time for you. It's it's early, early in the morning. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it is what it is. I'm going to be up. I got to watch it live. I can't, I can't work off a DVR, I don't think, anyway, unless I just oversleep and sleep in or whatever, but I'm usually up early anyway. I'm kind of excited for this game. Seahawks are six and three facing the what four and whatever uh Bucks, uh four and five. And um I just think that we're the better team. I mean, they have a pretty pretty level defense with us, I have to admit. There's a couple areas of deficiency with them, uh, particularly against the run, but they've got a great pass rush. Their linebackers are really decent, their secondaries uh really good. So those are all good matchups for them. Mm-hmm. On the other side, though. We're moving the ball, it looks like, against anybody in any defense at this point in the season early on. I think we struggled a little bit with that, especially second half against the Broncos, who end up having the best defense in the NFL. And then the 49ers, we struggled as well. But everything else has been going really well. And then on the other side of the ball, Keith, our defense is legit. I mean, since you know the last four weeks, we're a top-five defense. Mm -hmm. And um, overall... You know, we're closing ranks even, you know, we've talked about this on previous shows going from ranked, you know, DVOA rankings of of 31st in the NFL all the way up to, um, you know, top 10. And uh, it's it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, you've got. uh, With this in this matchup, you really look at it. the more I, I I go through and I pour through the stats, the more I'm just surprised at how bad uh, Tampa's offense has been. They're the worst rushing team in the NFL. They're Which averaging. is crazy. I, Fournette, yeah. I love Fournette, but yeah, and and it it's not even close. It's point four yards per carry less than second the second worst. Yeah, and um, when it comes to yards per um, yards per pass attempt, they're only fifth from the bottom. I mean, they're 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 a bottom, uh, they're the they're the worst rushing team and a bottom five passing team, yeah. uh, in terms of um, yards per play. Now, Tom Brady's put up a lot of yards, um, and you know, throwing, I think he's got number he's second in the league in uh, in passing yards, but it's taken a lot of plays to get him there because he's only throwing for six point four yards per per attempt yeah and they've only scored more than 22 points one time this season that was a game that they lost they've scored fewer than 20 points five times um you know since starting 2-0 and 
they're two and five. And despite that, they're still the first place team in their own division. Um, but at four and five overall, <laughs> it's crazy to me that they're even favored in this game. And, and the only thing that I can think of is the Tom Brady effect and the Geno Smith effect. It's like Tom Brady's got this long history of being excellent, even though he's diminished. Um, he still gets the ball out really, really well and so mm-hmm. forth. And then Geno Smith just doesn't have the history to back up the closer, the, the you know, closing games, all that kind of stuff. But when you take a look at both teams, um, Seattle's just a better team. And so I, I, I'm counting on, you know, coming away with the victory here, but you still got to play the game and it's on the road in a big way <laughs> all the way overseas in Munich, Germany, time change is crazy. Um, but all things being equal, I think that, um, you know, statistically anyway, we should be at an advantage in this game. I would, I would think so. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, as you said, the defenses are really comparable. These are two good defensive teams. Yeah. They don't, um, they don't play the run as, as well as, um, as they should for, for their ranking overall, but everything else they do really well. They, yeah, in uh, fact, they get to the passer better than Seattle does. Seattle, uh, has has 19 sacks over the last four weeks and are uh, 27 overall. Uh, and I think that's like the fifth uh, most sacks or third most sacks in the NFL. Um, Tampa's even better. They've got 29 overall. Um, yeah, they're, the the two teams are, are third and fourth in the NFL in sacks. Um, and it's going to be, this is going to be one of those games where I think it's going to be low scoring and you're, and you're going to see, cause both these defenses are good, but there's no way that Tampa's offense can keep up with Seattle's. They're just statistically, they're no. just bad. They're just genuinely a, not a good team. Yeah. It, it was interesting. And you know, they, they came back. Um, in fact, I thought it was over. I thought the Rams won that game actually, um, in the last meeting and, um, this last weekend. So I turned the game off and I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. The Bucks have got, you know, no timeouts, less than a minute to go. Tom Brady's going to get the ball, but it's just too much to ask. They, their, their offense is so poor. And sure enough, they came back and, and scored and, uh, and beat the Rams, which was great for us in our own division. Um, but I don't look at that as like a, a normal thing for them. Um, this is, if CX get up early, and and get their run game going and finish out like they've done the last four weeks this is a double digit win uh, opportunity for seattle again and um, i fully expect that to be completely honest the team's playing with a lot of confidence uh we're playing with a lot of competence the coaching staff's doing a great job getting these guys ready i don't imagine this game's going to be any different agreed um it's just one of the we just don't one of the things we don't know is how does this um trip to germany change things and the fact that that i mean yes it's affecting both teams but it is going to have an effect and we don't know what that's going to be um is it going to be because of the time change and and whatever that everyone's still asleep and it's a sloppy game or you know our uh team's going to be focused they want to get in get this game in and then get out of there and come home like what where where is it this i mean Traveling to Germany is new. This is like the first NFL game that's been in Germany. So um, we don't really know. And and that is the one thing that gives me pause as far as like just saying, hey, this is the, we're the, you know, the Seahawks are the, 
the better team and are going to be able to, you know, walk away with this. Cause I just don't know what this trip to Germany is going to, going to do as far as um, affecting the game. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Your kickers lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, the Seahawks took off yesterday, landed, already practiced. Um, they are actually arriving, you know, in Munich, going to be in Munich 24 hours before the Buccaneers do. Buccaneers have five and a half hours less travel time, three hours clock difference um, that Seattle needs to make up. And so arriving a little early, 24 hours early, I think really does help the Seahawks um, just kind of mentally check into um, European time over there and um, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. just so they're well rested, you know, so that's not a factor on Sunday. Um, by the time the game game comes along, I understand Pete's taking them bowling tonight to kind of keep them up, uh, <laughs> later, uh, in the evening over there to make sure they stay up. Um, so they can start to get onto that clock too. So while they're having fun, there's some method to the madness as well. Um, so let's talk about players and advantages, Keith. So, um, let's start with Seattle's offense against Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, we already talked about the opportunities in the run game against Tampa's defense, but what about in the past game? What are you expecting out of Tampa? How are they going to defend um, Seattle's diverse attack? Well, I think that is actually, um, you said the, the thing right there. It's it's the diversity of this attack that, um that is going to create problems because, you know, the CX have two legit receivers. Um, Tampa's got corners. They can do that. But you take away the receivers by keeping your safeties back and Ken Walker is going to eat you alive. Or um, you're going to get uh, the tight, Seattle's going to get their tight ends involved because they've got three really good ones. Um, it, it To me, it really comes down to they're going to, they, Tampa's defense is good enough. They get to kind of decide what they're going to take away. And Seattle has to to recognize what that is and exploit the openings that are created in the other parts of it. And they've done, Geno Smith has been great about that uh, so far this season. I see no reason to think that they won't um, do that again. So uh, Seattle's attack is just, it's diverse. It's like the right word for it. They they can attack you in so many different ways. So what do you think the factor would be that they just faced the Los Angeles Rams? And essentially Sean McVay is running. They've got the same offense 
um, they're trying to do the same things. They're trying to scheme it up in the same way, run, run plays, set that thing up in the run game, running uh, plays out of the same formations and so forth. Is that any advantage to Tampa at all now that they've seen a lot of film on Geno Smith? Are they going to have any game plan there? We haven't seen any other defense be effective against him. Uh, but this is a pretty decent defense. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, at at that. So what they're going to be able to do is kind of look at, okay, what worked, what didn't work. Let's throw out what didn't work. Let's, you know, double down on what did. Um, and, you know, basically they, they, they were effective. Stuff. They were yeah. effective on limiting the Rams. There's no yeah. question about that. But everybody's been effective at limiting the Rams this year. Their offense has struggled. True. That's very um, true. I mean, uh, yeah, the run game has been in, almost non-existent, and you know, yeah, I don't yeah, know the, what's going on with their offensive uh, line's bad. And um, you look at well, a lot of it with Stafford is is other than Cooper Cup, who's he throwing to? Um, you know, you and I both liked Robinson as a signing and thought, wow, this guy's gonna mm-hmm. gonna take off there, and he has disappointed just across the yes, board. He's yes, been, he has been has not been the guy that everyone thought he was going to be. So Yeah, we thought the um, Odell Beckham losing Odell Beckham but getting Allen was a swap and it turns out not so much. Mhm. Yeah, and um it it so Seattle is a more diverse offense. They they're it's a more talented offense. They've got significantly better offensive line play than the Rams. And so the way that Seattle's going to attack you is different. Um even if it's the same scheme so the cues can be kind of the same, you know, the, the reads that you're making, if you're a linebacker and, and you're the cues that you're getting uh, as far as, you know, so you can read the play and, and, and attack and, and do the right thing. Um, some of those things are the same, but the emphasis is going to be different because Seattle's a much better running team. And uh, the Rams simply don't have a guy with uh, Ken Walker speed. Um, yeah. So you don't, you know, it, it, it's, he's, you know, Akers is a different um, kind of runner. He's more of a power guy between the tackles uh, guy where, you know, Walker can bounce things. You have to st- stay disciplined or he's going to bounce it outside and, and be gone. So um, it, it is a little different in, in terms of uh, playing it, even if the scheme is the same, just simply because the personnel is different. Well, and you mentioned earlier uh, the, the advantage we have at tight end. I think that's really one of the keys on offense, this uh, along yeah. with Ken Walker, uh, you know, and, and then uh, Lockett and Medcalf. You know, I don't want to discount those guys. They've got some good corners and safeties uh, yes, playing against them. The matchups are, are, I would think, somewhat even there. But um, the way that Gino has been reading defenses, making the right decisions, changing the line calls, et cetera, he's just been an excellent quarterback. Um, and I think that's going to continue in this game. And then with the tight ends, that really does present a challenge for Tampa Bay. Uh, it's almost just too much. It's like you've got to pick something, and yeah. you've got to double up uh, Medcalf. If you're going to double up Medcalf, you're going to leave a slot receiver open. You're going to leave a tight end open in single coverage against a linebacker. You know, So there's going to be some mismatches there, and can Seattle take advantage of that? Uh, yeah, and then receiving the ball out of the backfield is is another thing, another option as well. Now, Tampa is the best defense in the NFL in defending passes to running backs, but Ken Walker's a special guy. And if there's anybody that can get a running back into open space, it's Ken Waldron. And uh, I would imagine they're going to try to do that. Yeah, and I would I would agree. And and I mean, 
you said it like you if you're going to put a safety on and create safety help on dk metcalf then who are you leaving open um and if you're going to put safety help on tyler lockett okay now you're leaving everybody open because now you know if you're double teaming both those guys everyone else is at best in single coverage or you're sitting in a soft zone because you don't have enough guys and Seattle's going to pick that apart. So it really comes down to what it's a kind of a pick your poison thing for, for Tampa. It's just Seattle's offense is so much better than we expected it to be because you take away one player and there's, there's other weapons that are there. And I think that's one of the things that when you look at, uh, at Tampa's offense, that's kind of what they don't have. I mean, they've got a couple good receivers, um, you know, um, Evans is fantastic on the outside. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is fantastic, um, and I'm very interested to see that matchup. Yeah, him him against Treek Woolen is going to be going to be awesome. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. But outside of that, I mean, there's not there's not a lot of options. And if you can take away Evans, that offense struggles. Yeah, it Mike really Evans does. is probably the closest thing to DK Metcalf that Treek Woolen's going to see this year. And, yeah. um, you Except know, for DK he, Metcalf every day in practice, right? So he shut <laughs> down, he was very effective in, in covering Hopkins in this last game, but it's a different type of receiver here with Mike Evans. I'm interested mm-hmm. in seeing the challenge because if Tariq Woolen comes out of this game and looks decent against Mike Evans, there's really nothing to stop or slow down Tariq Woolen's ascension uh, as yeah. a cornerback in this league because if he can cover a guy like Hopkins and he's already shown he can cover Sutton earlier. And then Mike Evans, a real physical tall uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver, man. I'm, I'm so I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Um, and then Tom Brady, Tom Brady's still getting the ball out. So I think that they're going to be effective in limiting Seattle's pass rush. I'd mentioned the fact that we had 19 sacks in the last four weeks. Uh, Uchen and Owasu has been going off. So have others. Um, so it'll be interesting to for me to see if Seattle and Clint Hurt dial up some blitzes in this game um, or try to disrupt timing at all or man up on some of their receivers, their bigger receivers, to kind of figure out a way to 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 stop some of those timing routes. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, that's part of it. Is getting guys up and in people's faces is great, but you just got to make sure that you're not get letting them get behind you if uh, if they get a, get a release. But Seattle's uh, speed at corner, I think, is helpful. Um, I'm not actually that worried about. I mean, yeah, you, you don't expect a lot of throws that are more than ten yards down the field, um, and so because the Tom Brady doesn't get that doesn't do that well anymore. And so go ahead and bring your um, bring your corners up, jam the receivers, get make it hard for them to get in, into that rhythm because they're not going to beat you over the top. I mean, if he throws it up, you know, Evans can go get it as good as anyone. Right. Um, but he's throwing 50, 50 balls and you've got Tariq Woolen and all of his size um, and ball hawking ability, you know, right there with them. So that's, that's a huge risk. I was looking at, um, you know, kind of the next gen stats stuff mm-hmm. and you know, they have the, um, you know, quarterbacks completion percentage, but then there's also the expected completion percentage based on 
um, pressure, how close um, they, you know, the the defensive players are to the quarterback, how much separation the uh, receiver has, all of that. And Geno Smith is the best in the NFL at um, completing more passes than are is expected. He's like seven and a half percent above expected. Um, Tom Brady is like negative two and a half percent, meaning that there are there's gimmies that he's not completing. Yeah. Um, and and that, consequently, that's really affected them on like third yeah, down conversions. And, does. you know, they're uh, Seattle's punting the ball like seven, uh, seventh in the NFL, 31% of their drives. The Bucks are punting on 44% of their drives. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks are eighth in EPA, which you kind of alluded to just now. The Bucks are 21st. Um, there's some clear advantages here. And I think if yeah. Seattle just plays their game, comes out and really just kind of focuses. Um, I really do believe that our offense can probably score on the Bucks, probably a season high against the Bucks. Um, you know, in the twenty-seven to to thirty range, I think. And if we do, it's over because yeah. the Bucks just can't score. They're Tampa's not going to score more than twenty. They're up. just not not They're against not our defense. Up. No. Yeah, and, and um, turnovers are a possibility here. Turning the ball over um, is a strong possibility. Seattle is just doing a tremendous job with turnovers this year, uh, forced fumbles. We have 15 forced fumbles. Nine of those are recovered. Five interceptions. Um, we're one of the top four or five teams in the NFL to generate turnovers. And I think that's a that, that as far as, I mean, um, you know, Kobe Bryant and the defense, as far as forcing fumbles, that is going to, that's a big thing. Um, and I I'm here for it. Like, that's going to be awesome. If they can keep that up all season, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, I will say though, Brady's only got one pick. He may not be playing that great of football and he's not getting the ball downfield and, and he's really struggling. He's, he's, he's showing his age, um, quite a bit, but he's at least being smart with the football. He's not taking chances with it. He's got one pick on the season and that, you know, this far into the season, that's kind of a big deal. So, uh, if you're counting on turnovers, like it may be hard to get them because you're, you know, the it's 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 easier to get interceptions typically than it is for fumbles because once the ball comes out and it hits the ground, it can bounce in any direction mm-hmm. it wants to, and um, you know, Brady does make that part hard. Yeah, he does, and he gets the ball out in, in two and a half seconds. You yes, know, he does. And he's always been excellent at that. That's probably one of the the biggest pet peeves I think people have against him as uh, you know fans from other teams is. They just can't get to him, um, and it depends really on sticky coverage. I think we have the cornerbacks and the defensive backs in this scheme to be able to stick with their wide receivers, and if we can, I think our pass rush can get to Tom Brady, um, but it'll be very interesting to see that dynamic as well. Yeah, so you've been talking about this, the uh, Seahawks defense and all the sacks and stuff that they've been getting. What I didn't realize is over these last four games, they have only blitzed 12 times total. Yeah. In Crazy. four games. And Crazy. I'm like, that that has been a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, a lot of sacks, a lot of um, you know, screwing things up. And they're doing it with their front four. They really are. And um, which is a pillar of of what Pete Carroll wants to be able to do. Yeah. So the fact that they they can get after the quarterback while dropping their linebackers back into coverage. Now, when you're playing a three-four, 
one linebacker gets to come every play and it's not considered a blitz because you've only got three linemen. Um, but still, he, they're dropping three linebackers in coverage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're rushing four. Um, or they're dropping you know two linebackers and they've got an extra defensive back in there and that kind of thing. Um, but they're getting home without having to blitz. And that is that it makes it tough because yeah. you can. And we haven't really have, seen that here in Seattle for some probably seven years. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a quite a a rush log as far as trying <laughs> to you know get pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, but they can do it now, and they're doing it really well. And just being able to to do that, you can you know have your outside linebackers if they're not coming. To kind of sit in that area where a slant would be thrown and take that passing lane away. Because if Brady sees something and he that he wants to make those, you know, two and a half step drop and ball out and you know in two seconds, and then you've got your linebacker standing right where he wants to throw the ball, um he's gonna have to pull it down and you know. Maybe right. eat a play, eat a sack here and there, and and the fact that they don't have to blitz to get pressure opens up a lot of um, a lot of things that this team can do, and it's part of why this why this defense has been so good the last four games. Well, I know Tampa's been really poor at running the ball, but I can guarantee you, Pete Carroll's still going to want to start the game off with stopping the run. That's going to be a focus. They want to make mm-hmm. sure they take care of one thing really well up front, and then. Uh, after they get to be able to dictate terms, that's when it, when you can kind of turn things up a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about the matchups you're looking forward to seeing. I know you're looking forward to watching this game. Uh, this oh, team is, is so fun to watch right now. I get that. Mm-hmm. But when you get down into the nuts and bolts, Keith, what are you looking for for Seattle to take advantage and where do you think they're most uh, vulnerable? Well, one of the, you asked for the matchups, like we already talked about it. That um, Mike Evans and um, Tariq Woolen matchup is like, it's like must, one of those. Must see that, TV. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, that star on the calendar now for about a month um, that I've been waiting for this game because Woolen just continues to amaze at his play. But uh, honestly, Evans might be the best receiver he's faced this year. And, um, you know, it's, it, that's, it's strength on strength. It's going to be fun. Um, so that's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, it, but as far as vulnerability, I, the interior uh, of Seattle's line has kind of, um, it's been up and down. Um, <coughs> and I'm, I'm a little worried about, because we're talking about C, the Seahawks defense and its ability to get pressure and all of that. Tampa's right there too. And Seattle's interior, the offensive line has struggled at times. And I know, you know, with Haynes and Jackson splitting time and, and, you know, Blythe has been, he's been great at the mental parts of being center, but he gets run over sometimes. Um, there can be some problems for Gino where they get, are getting pressure right in his face and, and making yep. it hard. And uh, yeah, one of the I guys to be able to do that is uh, Vita Vie. you know, yeah. he's just, a, and Akeem Hicks is no slouch in there as well. And they've got a couple of good linebackers that like to blitz occasionally as well. Mm-hmm. Bulls, yeah, like, and, those guys. So, and so th- that's kind of where my concern is. Is it's more of that. It's more of um, if they can disrupt Gino by getting right up in his face, um, the interior of the line, 
I think it can really discombobulate the offense a little bit and get them off track. We saw that this last week in Arizona for the first, you know, two and a half quarters, um, you know, about halfway through the third quarter, uh, the CX offense wasn't doing much. And then they woke up. And once they yep. woke up, they it was three straight scoring drives. Boom, 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 and the game was over. Um, but it was a it was a slog there for a bit, and a lot of it was because they were getting pressure on Geno Smith, and they were I think you nailed right it up the gut. Yeah, you nailed it. Conversely, on the other side, I'm interested in the matchup between Ochen and Owasu and uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, their right tackle, um, one of the best in the league, if not the best right tackle in the league. Um, or, or for that matter, any tackle, his uh, pass rush win rate is just off the charts. He doesn't allow mm-hmm. pressures. He hasn't allowed a sack this season. Can Chenanuasu disrupt timing? A, B, can he get to the quarterback? Um, yeah, I so mean, that'll be an interesting. I mean, it, part of that also is how quickly Brady gets the ball out of his hand. I mean, he is, is he the best? Yes. ever at getting the ball out quickly there's no I, question. I think i think he is um and i mean there's been better players at you know downfield accuracy and whatever you want to scout talk uh up quarterbacks but i don't think there's been anyone better that i've ever seen at getting the ball out quick and that makes it really hard on pass pressures because if you don't win on your first step you're not getting there um, and that makes it hard. It's going to be up to the the um, the the linebackers and defensive back to make it so that Brady has to hold on to the ball, make him keep, make him keep the ball an extra second longer than he wants to, because that's when you give your pass rushers a chance. Yeah, and and, and uh, those linemen are used to it now. So those linemen are used to only having to hold their blocks for two and a half, three seconds, and then they kind of mm-hmm. relax a little bit. If Seattle can play great defense on the back end, it could be interesting for our for our guys, you know, come away with four or five sacks. That would be, you know, certainly impact the game and uh, something that they're not used to. So um, any other advantages that Seattle has that are just kind of really clear stand out to you? Honestly, um, I think... The- while the the Tampa's right tackle that you mentioned is is phenomenal, the rest of their line's not. And I just look at like Puna Ford right in the middle of Seattle's defense, um, is gonna be disruptive and to any kind of running game that Tampa might want to try and get going, even though they haven't been able to get them going yet this year. Uh, Fournette's gonna have a hard time getting to the line of scrimmage. Because the Seahawks have three guys, Puna Ford, Shelby Harris, and Quentin Jefferson, that are really good at getting into gaps um, and getting, you know, making running backs have to um, they did to adjust where they are, like because they're the gap where they want to run is is got a defensive player standing in it, and uh, you know that I see as just a big advantage, like they're it's going to be a situation where Seattle's going to be able to dictate, Hey, you aren't going to run the ball. So you better just plan on throwing it three down. And then once you made it one dimensional, yeah, right. you know, now you bring in pass rushers. Now you get, uh, you start 
bringing in some more exotic blitzes if you want to you know blitz here and there you can um, switch up your coverages try and and get Brady into making some mistakes and when you have the ability to do what Seattle's defense has done for the last month you can make it really really hard even on good quarterback yeah I would be surprised if they do any of that in the first half I think the first half you play it pretty straight vanilla uh, uh, the the Buccaneers seem to be getting off the field on their own anyway. They're making mistakes. They're not able to complete uh, passes on third down. Fournette's not able to gain yards on first and second down. And so it's just been a struggle for them. Uh, they're punting, uh, you know, is they're, they're punting seventh most in the NFL. And mm-hmm. so it's 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 just going to be one of those games where I think it's a, a, an attrition type of a thing, at least in the first half. Feel it out. See if Seattle can score some points. So let's get down to it, Keith. What are you expecting in the game? And uh, a win, a loss, a draw, and a, a point differential. Well, I mean, I, I am expecting a Seattle win. I'm expecting this to be one of those things where um, they jump out in front, they run the ball, they shorten the game, they they make. Uh, they make Tampa have to throw it a lot. You know, they're going to move the ball. Tampa's going to probably move the ball a little bit, throw, put up some yards, but have a hard time getting into the end zone and scoring points. And it's going to end up being one of those games where Seattle's scoring touchdowns, Tampa's uh, kicking field goals, and they just can't keep up, uh, even with it not being a, a super high-scoring game. And so I'm looking at this being like – um 2723 uh where a lot of but some of those points coming for Tampa after the game feels like it's over. Yeah, I think you know one of the keys to this game is is going to be turnovers and I think it's going to come more on the Seattle side. Can Seattle avoid turning the ball over? Um Tampa's got a decent defense. This probably they are, do. you know, one of the top 3 defenses we've faced, maybe top 2 uh, all year. I think our offense is in better shape now. Um, and the way that we can attack those type of defenses, uh, I think what we would like to do is just spread them out as much as we can and, and get them horizontal so that we can take advantage of some shots uh, with Gino and then uh, with our tight ends underneath and can open up uh, running lanes for Ken Walker. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I just don't see Tampa being able to score very much. I think we're going to kind of operate this thing in a similar way that we did to the Cardinals and that um, we want to shut them down, uh, shut down their run game, make them one-dimensional, like you said, force three and outs, and um, give our offense more opportunities. I just, I don't see them scoring much in this game. Like you said, uh, field goals, um, maybe a touchdown. So I'm thinking 17-ish. I mean, you take a look at all their games where they haven't scored 20 20 points, and we're one of the better defenses they're going to face. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I think we can score against anybody right now. And so yeah, it's just a matter of time. You know, it might take us a while to get into it, but eventually we're going to score those points. And I'm thinking 20, you said 27. I'm right in there too. So I'm thinking 27, 17. Well, you get to 17 with two touchdowns and a field goal. So maybe it should be 16. Okay, 16, 13, yeah, something, three, something in there. Three, three field goals and a touchdown. Yeah, I, I said 23 because I, I do think that, um, you know, Evans and Brady at some point, they're going to get some garbage 
time uh, yards and, and points. And so they're going to be able to um, do some of that. But if the game's decided, if Seattle's up by, you know, two score, two plus scores with four minutes left, the game's over. And it doesn't matter if, if Brady leads a, you know, a desperation drive and, and get some points in there. Like those garbage time uh, yards and points don't, yeah, they don't move the needle. So does that indicate that you're feeling like this is going to be one of those games that is a is a dominant game by Seattle? It kind of feels like it is. Like it's going to feel. I, honestly, the Arizona game uh, is kind of a blueprint for what I'm expecting. It's kind of a low scoring schlog in the first half, and in the second half, it be you know Seattle's offense starts to get stuff rolling, and Tampa can't keep up. And Seattle just runs away with it. Um, the defenses are both good. If so I kind of expect the first half to be low scoring, you know, seven to ten is what uh, it was against Arizona. I could, I could see it being, you know, ten to six um, mm-hmm. at that point at halftime, and then you know Seattle gets you know scores on three of four drives in uh, the third, you know, third quarter early in the fourth, and the game is out of hand let me ask you this if this ends up being low scoring let's just say that uh, seattle struggles to score touchdowns they're scoring field goals as well this thing's tied up can geno smith lead the seattle seahawks against the tampa bay buccaneers defense to to a game-winning drive that remains to be seen he hasn't done it yet he hasn't had to well we've asked him to a couple times and he hasn't done it um, but they've managed to get to six wins without needing a last-second comeback type of thing. He, this is a complete team. They they win with uh, not. It, this isn't a team that's that has been winning by. We'll just keep it close and then ask the quarterback to go win it in the end. They've been. Thank winning goodness, because <laughs> I'm kind of done with that offense. Yeah, um, that was. I mean, that was the Russell Wilson show, right? Mm-hmm. Just keep it close and let let Russ play hero ball at the end of the game. And it worked for years, and it gave me more gray hair than I want to admit. Um, but this team isn't, isn't trying to win that way. They're, just, they're trying to just be good at all facets of the game and, and just be the better team. Now, that doesn't mean that you aren't going to end up in a close game, especially against a good team. And your quarterback does need to... Uh, be able to make those plays. We haven't seen Gino do it. We've seen him fail at a couple times last year, um, a couple times this season. And so we'll see. It seems like Seattle's positioned themselves. They're just a better offense right now. Like this mm-hmm. is the best offense that Seattle has had for three or four or five years. I mean, it's Russell Wilson more, had decent offenses, but this is much more balanced. Yeah. And it's, so Gino it, may not have to play hero, but I think if he's in a position to have to at this point, I think the offense is just so well oiled that, he, and he's executing at such a high level. I do believe that he can do it. It's just a matter of having opportunities. Don't necessarily want those opportunities, but if they are pressed to do that, I think he's going to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if pressed that he steps up and shows us something he hasn't shown us um, in terms of his ability to, to lead that, you know, um, and, and we've had variations of that. He just doesn't have that exact scenario. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, but I, he's come back. He's he's you know scored points when we've been behind. You know, etc. So. The confidence that he is showing now is unlike anything we've seen at any other point in his career. Yeah. And whereas, yeah. like last year, when you know in the in the games against um, like the Saints last year, he didn't look like he um was up to the task when they gave him the ball with four minutes left and said, go win it. And this year you look at, especially after the pick six against Arizona, um, he came out and you could just see it. They were scoring on that next drive. Yeah. He, and I, he wasn't going to let them not do it. This yeah. I like that Gino. fire that we saw against the giants too. When we had that bad call go against us, moved us back a little bit. It was third and 16 and he fired that rifle shot into Lockett, picked up the first down mm-hmm. and he just had that fire in his eyes. And um, so it, it's there. It yeah, just we've, needs to... we've just, ne- we've never really seen that from Gino, um, you know, at, at the other opportunities, he's just never um, seemed to have that confidence that yeah. he's showing this year and he put a team on his back. Yeah. He's this is a this is a different player. He it is a he is a different guy than we than what we saw last year, you know, when he was filling in for us or you know, early in his career or when he was playing for the Jets. This is a different guy, more mature, um, just a better player. All right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Enjoy the game. Like this is going to be a fun game. I it's just kind of crazy. It's one of those outlier games. It's on the NFL network. Uh it's, it's early early early. It's going to be kind of hard to get into that, but by the second half I'll be kind of kind of uh really into it, I'm sure, and I'm hoping for the best outcome and um should be should be a lot of fun. Um all right. Find Keith on Twitter at @myersnfl. You can find me at @nwseahawk. You can find the show on your favorite podcast platforms on Twitter, on YouTube. Just search Seahawks Playbook Podcast. When you get there, hit the subscribe button. We're doing three shows a week. Make sure you have every show into your um, into your feed. And um, if you like it, share it. So until next time, go Hawks. Gehen Falken, which is go Hawks in German. Nice. Music. I'm glad you brought that out <laughs> right at the end. Guten I Tag. Ha- yep, I had that ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But See go you guys. Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.